0: If you have your Bibles. I'd like for you, to turn to Luke chapter two. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, there should be one uh, in one of the, under one of the chairs in front of you, or so, pull that. We're just going to look at one verse today and kind of set the the theme for our our Christmas season. And you you have heard it if you were listening to the announcements this morning. Our Christ's birthday offering theme is making room, and. Uh, So we're going to be talking about that a lot in these next few weeks, uh, making room. And uh, I hope that as you pray about what God wants you to give for your Christ's birthday offering, understand it's above and beyond your tithe. It's whatever God asks you to give. And uh, it supports missionaries all around the world. The Church of God supports uh, Church of God students who are going to uh, study for ministry and stuff. So pray that uh, you'll uh, respond to that. How do we make room For Jesus, That's kind of what I want us to think about today. And Luke chapter 2, just verse 7 says, And she gave birth to her firstborn a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end, I want you to, to do something for me here for a few minutes. I just kind of want you to, if you want to close your eyes, that's fine, but I want you to just kind of think about this first Christmas. And I want you to think about that you are the innkeeper. And uh, you live in this little town called Bethlehem. Now, understand, Bethlehem is not a tourist destination. It's just a small little town about six miles outside of Jerusalem, which is the large city. You're trying to to make a living for your life and for your family, and so you've uh, kind of built this little inn now, it's a little different from what we think of when we think of N. We think of Motel 6 or whatever. But basically, it's just a little little bigger house where you have some rooms where you charge people who come. And understanding, again, that this is not really a tourist destination, you don't have a lot of guests. You know, just occasionally you'll have somebody come. So, uh, you know, but you're doing your best to try to, to, to make a living for your family. But all of a sudden now, your business is, so to speak, booming. You see, there's been a census now called of the Roman world. And every family has to return to their city of origin to register for, for the census so that they can pay taxes. Wouldn't not like to have to do that, to pay your taxes, go back to wherever you were born. And, uh, so all of a sudden now, you, you have this week where your inn is, is is busy. You have, you have, the rooms are, are filled every night. People looking. Sometimes they only stay for a day. Sometimes they, they stay for two or three nights. You know, if, if you had a no vacancy sign, you, you'd hang it out there. But, uh, you know, back then you, you didn't even think about filling up your inn. I mean, you haven't worked this hard in years. You, know, you have to clean every room every day, you have to make sure that the guests are taken care of. You're busy giving directions of where to go to register for the census and, and it, you actually have hosted a family get-together once or twice. You're hoping you get a little sleep each night, but it's tough. Now think about toward the end of this week and you've kind of snuggled up in bed hoping to get a few hours sleep before you get up the next morning to start all over again with. With this busy routine, and all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, a knock at the door. You kind of roll over, thinking maybe you're dreaming. But sure enough, the knock comes again. You're not really happy about this. I mean, what does a guest need in the middle of the night? So as you begin to to kind of get out of the bed and search for your robe and and light your lamp. You're, you're hoping, oh, please don't wake the rest of the family. You know. And, and, and what in the world do I need to get for this guest? So you go to the door, pretty frustrated, pretty aggravated. And as you begin to open the door slightly to see who it was, it's not a guest that's standing at your door. It's a young couple, a very young couple. So you open the door. You see a handsome young man and a beautiful young girl standing before you. It's obviously that they are very tired from a very weary and long journey that they have made to come to your town to register. The young man apologizes for being so late and waking you up, but he asks if you have a room. They've been searching all over town and so far they haven't found anything. and. All the other ends were full. As he's speaking, you kind of check him over and uh, you notice the weariness in their eyes. But you also notice something more important. This young girl is pregnant. She's very pregnant. You apologize, but you tell them you don't have any more rooms, they're all taken. As you start to close the door, the young man asks if there's any other inn in town that they can check. and You begin to make some suggestions, but he kind of shakes his head, and he's checked that one and it's full, he's checked that one and it's full. and As you go down the list, all of them, they've already been to. You suggest maybe that they go on to a town a little farther away and then come back the next day to register. but This doesn't seem like that's going to work. You again express your regrets, and you try to close the door again because you're ready to get back in bed and get some sleep. When the young man asks, well, is there any place where we could stay? My wife is tired and needs some rest. We'd be grateful for whatever you could do for us. And as you stand there at the door and you begin to think, all of a sudden you hear one of the animals out in the stable surely they wouldn't want to stay there I mean this stable is just a little little place you carved out of the rock so that you could keep your animals at at night and during the cold and now of course guests have come they have animals you have them there It's, it's such a small place it's really cramped And it smells. Matter of fact, it's very small. It's very cramped. And it's very smelly. Surely they wouldn't want to stay there. But you think, well, you know, at least maybe I could offer, and, you know, maybe then they'll move on and try to find something else. So you suggest, well, I do have. The stable out there, there. There's there's no bed. There there's no place really, and it's really small. And the young man says, "We'll take it." Now all of a sudden you wish you hadn't have suggested. But that means now you're going to have to take them out to the stable. But you've already committed. They've already accepted. So you walk out to the stable with the young couple. And as you begin to kind of shift some animals around to make a little bit of room, you can't help but notice the glow about this couple. You can't help but notice how wonderfully kind and and caring the young man is for the young girl. As you try to scoop a little hay into a corner and, oh, wait a minute, there's the manger Maybe I can put some things in there. and Maybe it will make it a little bit comfortable. You, you begin to, to kind of sense that not only have you done a good thing, but you've done the right thing. As the couple settles down, though, you begin to notice that she's getting uncomfortable. And you're wondering if maybe that baby is going to come a lot sooner. after you make room, after you get them settled down, you, you head back to your house. You crawl back in bed. Except this time, rather reluctantly, you're, you're, you're happy. You're happy that you've been able to help this young couple. You wish that you'd been able to give them a real room. But you are glad and you feel good that you have made room for them. Now, is this the way it really happened? Uh, We really don't know. But we do know that however that evening went, there was no room in the inn, but room was made in the stable. How do we make room for Jesus? We have three more weeks until Christmas Day. What can we do as we think about this story, this verse, and and maybe the story of the innkeeper? How can we make room for Jesus? Well, let me suggest three things that I see that the innkeeper did that maybe you and I can do this Christmas. First of all, be willing to be interrupted by God. Be willing to be interrupted by God. What would have happened if the innkeeper had not answered the knock on his door? What would have happened if the innkeeper had decided, I'm just going to stay in bed. I don't care who it is. What if he had decided when he opened the door and saw that it wasn't one of his guests, he would have just closed the door and and gone back back to bed? I mean, the inn was full. He needed sleep. There wasn't a lot he could do. I wonder, where would Jesus have been born? You see, sometimes God interrupts our plans. You ever been there? You ever had your day planned out, your week planned out, your month planned out, your life planned out? And all of a sudden there's an interruption by God or somebody that God is using? I've been there many, many times. Where you think, you know, you got this thing going and... And, and, and this is how my life is going to go and this is where I'm going to spend my life this is how I'm going to live my life and, and this, is, this is what my day's going to and all of a sudden, bam something, somebody Holy Spirit comes along and says i uh, got to change plans here new direction how many of you love to see those signs when you're trekking down the highway detour ahead don't we love that don't we get excited for a detour ahead No, we hate it. You know, we think, oh my goodness, now it's going to take me more time. You know, that's kind of what an interruption from God is. It's kind of a detour. Now, the reason we have detours is why? Because there's something going on that either maybe there's a bridge out, maybe there's construction going on. You can't get through that way anyway. So if you decide, well, I'm not going to take the detour, guess what? You're going to be stuck. Even worse than taking the detour. Folks, that's kind of how we ought to look at God's detours. There's something that God knows that might get us stuck. But if we trust Him to take the detour, we're going to get around that and move on. Let me ask you a question. Do you think of interruptions as annoyances? Or appointments with God. I would imagine that most of us probably think of them as annoyances, rather than looking at them as an appointment with God. Think about the innkeeper. If I'm him, I'm annoyed that somebody's knocking on my door in the middle of the night when I'm trying to get some sleep. I'm annoyed. You know, why didn't you take care of that earlier today? What what are you doing, you know, interrupting saying What are you doing trying to wake my family up? I'd be annoyed about it. Rather than what it really was, was an appointment with God. An appointment with God's Son that night. Think about some of the annoyances in your life. Snarled traffic. Sure, uh, th- most of you who do work commutes every day, snarled traffic, and you do whatever to express your frustration and you're annoyed, being annoyed by the traffic. What about long lines at the store? I'm sure y'all didn't go out for Black Friday, but I did. I walked in the store, looked at the lines at Walmart, and I turned around and walked out. What about a neighbor who just drops over to visit? Do we look at those as annoyances? Or do we look at them as appointments with God? You see, God's timing is always perfect. And sometimes the things that we look on as messing up our time is really God saying, no, here's the perfect time. Here's here's what I have planned for your life. Here's what you need. Here's how I'm going to help you avoid something. Here's how I'm going to help you grow in some way. The innkeeper. If I'm him, I'm annoyed. But after the events of the evening, I might be a little bit proud that the Son of God was born in my state, And we don't hear about the innkeeper other than just that one instance. There's no room here. But I can't imagine what happened that evening didn't get his attention. I can't imagine that he didn't once he heard the angels singing, the shepherds coming. I can't imagine he stayed in bed. I imagine he found out that instead of the annoyance he found out there was something special and you and I need to learn from that we need to be willing to let God interrupt us and in our plans secondly and here I see that we need to make room in our filled life make room in your filled life now the innkeeper probably again looked at this young couple as, oh boy one more thing to do I've had a full day. Uh, this this whole week has been, you know, so much. And now here's one more couple I need to take care of. Here's one more situation I have to deal with. You ever been there? You know, our lives get so busy. But again, I wonder how he responded after this little baby was born. You see, one of the devil's greatest weapons is busyness. You see, Satan wants to keep you so busy that you don't focus on God. He wants you to keep, keep you so busy that you don't recognize the appointments, the interruptions that God has for you. He wants you to stay so busy that you can't celebrate the birth of Jesus. You know, you, you you have to buy gifts for for all the you know the family. You have to buy gifts for all your coworkers. you you have to go out and you have to make sure that you get all the right food and everything. You have to send Christmas cards and and, and letters and one, you know one thing after another. It's got this long list, right? And we say we enjoy it, but Satan wants to keep you so busy with all that good stuff that you fail to celebrate the reason for the season. And that's the fact that God loved us so much that he sent his son in the form of a little baby so that he could live among us and then die for us so that we could be saved. I know you're going to be busy this Christmas. I'm busy. My wife was listing off a bunch of stuff we have to do yet this morning as we were driving into church while I'm thinking, I'm preaching on that, hon. You better be quiet. You know, I, we're going to be busy. But in the busyness, let's make room for Jesus. Let's, let's carve out the room in our filled lives for Him. Let's don't let all the other stuff consume everything about us and, and wear us down and tire us out so much that we can't celebrate that Jesus is born. I hope that in these next three weeks that you truly do celebrate. That you come to worship excited because it's about Jesus. It's about Him being born. It's about the celebration of our Savior. And then the last thing that I would suggest to you here is that realize that God moments have eternal value. Again, we don't know anything about the innkeeper But let's just assume that A, he's Jewish. After all, why is he living in Bethlehem? And let's assume that he goes to the synagogue. He he, he goes to the temple. He's a faithful worshiper. Let's assume that sometimes in his life he's read about the Messiah coming. Let's assume that he, along with many others, are, are looking for the day when Israel will be rescued, saved, released from the Romans. Let's just assume that he's he's that kind of Jewish person. Do you think he looked at that moment not only as an interruption but as a God moment? As a God moment. As God using him for something greater than what he ever thought he could be used for. Think about yourself. As you just sit here this morning and and you're listening and you're you're hopefully processing this. Do you think God can use you? Some of you are nodding. A lot of you are going, hmm, I'm not so sure. To be honest, right? Let's be honest. You know, we think we have to have some kind of special talent or we, a special ability. We, we think we have to stand up and sing or, or, or speak or, or teach a class or, or have some, some great gift that we can share. And, and yeah, those people can be used by God. But I'm not so sure about me. I'm just not so sure that, that, that God really can use me we read about life-changing moments in the the Bible. Let me just throw a few up to you. How about baby Moses? You know, a life-changing moment that that his mother had the the forethought to in a time where all these children are going to be killed. I'm going to hide this baby in a a little basket in the the water. And and that little God moment by a a lady that, that really didn't have any special gift or special talent. She was just a mother who loved her child. And and that one God moment laid such a foundation for the whole story of the Bible as Moses rescued the children of Israel from Egypt. Think about uh, Daniel. Daniel, who, yes, he he was pretty smart. He was he's was pretty intelligent. I mean, he he was recognized by you know the rulers as being somebody that could become a leader, and yet he didn't allow that to to take this God moment of recognizing that he needed to worship God no matter what might happen to him, and so he chose to to do what he was supposed to do in spite of the fact that there was an edict that he could have get eaten by lions. Not something I would want. And yet that one God moment turned a whole nation on to worship God. And again, this innkeeper, we don't even know his name. We have no idea how old he was. If he was married, if he had a family, we we just assume all of that. And yet, this one moment in his life allowed Jesus to be born. Pretty awesome. What about you? What are some God moments in your life? I can give you a couple this morning. I went on a vacation with friends one time. My best friend. Family asked me to go on vacation to Florida. Woohoo! Go to the beach, swim, everything. And as we were going to head home from that vacation, we stopped by this little college called Warner Southern College. It's the second year of existence. They had two buildings and a trailer. But it was at that moment, walking through those buildings standing on a campus that God spoke to me and said this is where you're going to school. And I went, you're kidding God. He said "Nope." And that's where I went. Changed my whole life. I had some friends my senior year at Warner Southern who we used to always go bowling on Friday nights. It's a big deal. We they had this special thing and we there was a bunch of us we would go and a bunch of us guys and we would bowl and because we won free games we never had to pay, which was the whole idea. And one Friday night they all of a sudden said, Hey, we're all taking a date tonight. I went, Why are we doing that? Well, we just think it'd be fun. There there was a couple of guys that were getting pretty serious about girls. So, so you got to go get a date. I said you're telling me this on Friday night, and it's—I mean, we're doing this on Friday night, and you're telling me Thursday night. So I went to the Girl's Storm. I walked in, I knocked on the door, and guess who showed up? Pam Weisbrod. And I looked at her and I said, "How would you like to go bowling tomorrow night?" And she couldn't think of a no fast enough. So she said, "Okay." So that little date, which wasn't much of a date, led to, you know, the beginning of a relationship. I wonder if the innkeeper, when he built his little inn, thought it would be for the savior, the Messiah. You see, folks, what I'm trying to say to you is that God moments happen just simply when you're obedient to Him. And some of those God moments in your life will have eternal value that you won't even imagine. You may do something, say something to a friend that strikes a chord in a heart that several weeks, months, even years later may cause that person to respond to Jesus Christ as their Savior and will spend eternity with you instead of without The greatest birth in the whole world happened in a humble place. And sometimes the greatest things that will happen on this earth happen because they come through humble people who are li- willing to listen and willing to be obedient when God interrupts them, when He asks them to make room, and He says, here's a moment I need to change things for eternity. Are we making room for Jesus? Not only at Christmas, but every day. You're here this morning, so you've made room for Jesus today. You've come to worship. what about tomorrow? When you wake up in the morning and you begin that usually Monday routine of either getting ready for work or doing whatever you do on a daily basis... Are you thinking, okay God, I'm going to make room for Jesus today. I want to be listening. I want to be ready if you interrupt me. I want to consciously not get my life so busy that I can't focus on Christ. Lord, if there's a God moment today, help me not to let it pass. Let's pray. Father, I thank You so much that some innkeeper that we don't even.